You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. Welcome back to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I am Tom Knezic, and this is episode 195. And uh, We're getting close to that 200 yeah, mark. Yeah, we are getting really close. And uh, and today we actually have a recurring guest, but to talk about something a little bit different than uh, the panel they were on before. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. Because I feel that, you know, the feedback that we've seen sometimes, I think is a little misunderstood and i'm really excited because mm-hmm. this is this is something that we both love yeah and and for the same reasons and different reasons and sometimes we hear some stirrings and it's like i don't know that you really have the full story about mm-hmm. about this subject so we want to present that full story so Definitely. that everyone understands why we feel the way that we do and we hope that that you feel the same way we do also. Yeah, so we're really proud to be joined today by Steve Casharani. Like I said, he was on, I don't remember what episode it was, but we had that, like, the Business of Native Plants panel two years ago. It was quite it was, a while it was ago the, now. It was one of our first rooted discussions, yeah, actually. Yeah, it might have been the first rooted discussion. I think discussion. it was, yeah. And um, and he, if you remember, he was from North Creek Nurseries in, uh, in Pennsylvania, but he's also a founding member of the American Beauties Native Plants Program. Um, which is something many of you might be familiar with because you could see it in your garden centers. And we want to dive into American Beauties and kind of the history and and uh, what it really is. Because I go, like Fran was saying, I'll go on Facebook and I see a lot of stuff knowing what I've been told it is. Yes. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't really line up with what I thought it was. Yeah. So uh, kind of present from one of the, the originators what it actually is about. So and we've talked about yeah. this on on numerous oh, episodes because yeah. we've had Daryl Kabeski and and Carrie Stanker from Sunset Farmstead, and we've had kind of bits and pieces of this conversation. And then mm. you and I have just had them on Buzz episodes oh, yeah. as well. So we just wanted to really dive into it and break it apart and have this conversation. Yeah. So Steve, why don't you reintroduce yourself uh, and go in a little bit more in depth than I just did about who you are, your nursery, and then uh, and then we can tie that into American Beauties. Hey, uh, thanks so much for having me on this podcast. It's been an honor. And uh, thank you, Tom. Thank you, Fran. You guys do a fantastic job. This is amazing what you're doing to spread the word, spread the love on uh, native plants and and uh, really exposing us. And it's, it's, it's amazing. That's 195 episodes. It just seems like, you know. You're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks for the introduction. And um, yeah, I know uh, Fran asked a few questions, so I'll try to, and I think the first one that he asked that uh, he sent me an email about was, you know, what was the process of creating the American Beauty's native plant brand? Um, And I'll I'll backtrack a little bit uh, just to give like Tom asked for that history. Um. So a lot of people know me from North Creek Nurseries as a co-founder of North Creek Nurseries, which is 35 years now that we've been in business, uh, started a um, plant propagation nursery with um, our roots, uh, pun intended, in uh, 
bringing at the time uh, plants for naturalistic landscaping because people didn't use the word native plants and uh, the native plant movement. There was a movement out there, but it was really young. Uh, ecology in most people's minds was pretty new. And uh, uh, we were, we were young and uh, had to uh, understand the market and actually develop the market. So we were in the market early on and an outgrowth of that um, many, many years later. So that was 95 around 2000, probably three, my partner at the time, Dale Hendricks and I uh, went to visit the New England Grows trade show in Boston. And we met one of our customers, uh, Mark Salou from Pride's Corner Farms. And they still are one of our uh, lead customers. Um, and Mark, um, we didn't have a booth. We were in the aisle and we were talking and, uh, Mark just came up and he looked at both of us and he just threw this challenge out there. And, he, and Mark is, a, uh, one of the things about Mark was he was an early believer in branding mm -hmm. and you have to kind of go into that because, you know, we created a, a, a native plant brand, but we're a propagation nursery. Um, another backstory here quickly, um, I, uh, prior to North Creek and, and still today, own uh, and founded, come on now, uh, Gateway Garden Center in Hocassin, Delaware. And so we've been involved in the horticultural industry uh, for me over like 43 years now. Um, and when Dale and I met uh, Mark and he's throws this challenge out, he says, he looks at us, points his finger and says, you're a native plant guys. And, you know, we're like taken aback, like you guys are the native plant guys. And if you don't start a native plant brand, I'm going to start it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you got to find us a charity partner because they, they, they do work with them. They, they, they've gotten behind it, but they do a, a, a brand at the time. They had just started uh, Sarah superb herbs and, they were working with, I think, Marcia Dimes and uh, still do. But um, this whole concept and I, having a retail store and uh, working with the Dollar Nature Society and uh, the time the Backyard Habitat Movement with uh, National Wildlife Federation, I was very familiar with native plants and the movement. I had been uh, at the time and, and prior, for many years prior, on the Delaware Invasive Species Council and mm -hmm. And I can see the train coming. I mean, there's really kind of a, you know, it's almost they go hand in hand when you start to talk about native plants and especially back then. It's the uh, hand in glove with invasive species and the pressures, uh, all the pressures that are, that, that are on our, our natural ecosystems and the ecology of that. And you can, you can do some deep dives in, in there. Uh, we don't have time for all that, but just kind of a little bit of the backstory, but Mark challenges us to come up with this plant brand. And, you know, it's already in my brain, but it's not necessarily something that, you know, we, we as North Creek could bring forward, but Mark being, uh, having the, the, the larger wholesale nursery, mm -hmm. being a believer in brands and then challenging us, you know, kind of telling us we were the native plant guys. And we probably were the native plant guys, at least in the, in the, uh, 
in the context of wholesale growers and supplying plants to the whole wholesale trade. That's kind of where we, even though you know, not every plant we would grow or had grown is a native plant, but we certainly serviced that market and brought a lot of native plants into the trade over the course of our 35 years. So with that challenge, we went off. Uh, we went off, and I, I, I probably did more of it. I had, I had the name in my head. Uh, and uh, like I said, I had worked with Del- Delaware Nature Society, and um, I knew about their program. They're an affiliate of National Wildlife Federation. Uh, at the time, I knew the uh, director, uh, Craig Tufts, mm-hmm. at, at National Wildlife. Uh, set up a meeting down in D.C. with them. Uh, and they, in the first meeting with them, they, they just looked at us and I had met Craig before and they were like, where have you been? We've been doing this for 25 <laughs> years. There's no one. We have 5 million members and they're all looking for native plants and we, we don't know where to send. So time was right. So that let's call that, you know, when we really kind of uh, started the brand, it was 2004. So we're, we're really just about 20 years now doing wow. this which is hard for me to even say. And the brand really kind of launched and, 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 and did a, a soft launch uh, with Pride's Corner in 2006. Is mm-hmm. where we, so 18 years of really getting it into the market. Um, and it was, there was a lot of challenges, we, but we, we did work with National Wildlife in the early, early stages of, of developing the plant palette. And, you know, having that conversation, I think that, Rand, you were alluding to is like, well, you know, what's a native plant? Where do you draw the line on, you know, um, ecosystem services, which again, wasn't a word that was, was really used back, uh, back then in, in yeah. before, uh, or biodiversity, uh, or, uh, native plants and native plant cultivars and horticultural variety. I mean, you know, we didn't really get into it too deeply, but we, we, we were talking with national wildlife and said, well, you know, um, what is the brand? What is the brand going to represent? Who are our customers? Who, you know, and you have to think back 20 years ago, what, where was that movement uh, of native plants? And what was the exposure to the general public at retail? And even still today. Um, so the brand was, is, and was really focused uh, on an entry-level gardener to get exposure to bring native plants to the forefront of the garden center. And along with native plants, uh, a lot of times when people come into a retail setting or they want to buy plants for their landscape, they come in with, I've got a problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. And my problem is I've been trying to grow grass under my oak tree for 10 years and, you know, I put grass seed and then it, you know, comes up and then it dies. Or I've got this wet spot in my yard and nothing seems to grow there. And, you know, short of filling it in and then moving the water somewhere else to create another wet spot, um, what plants can I plant? And so we started looking at at that as, you know, solution-based landscaping and native plants being, uh, a segue right into that conversation. So when people come and, and then along with that, especially with the, the nature society and working with native plant people that were had an awareness, were, were very fortunate to be 
in part of the country where um, there's a lot of botanic gardens and there was a movement towards native plants. We're, we're very close to Mount Cuba Center and aligned closely with them now. And even back then, North Creek was from the beginning and uh, and Gateway was and, and still is. Um, there was um, more interest in butterfly gardens mm-hmm. or there's millions of birders that come in. You know, or millions of birders out there, and, and and lots of them come in, and they want, you know, they want plants to to feed their wildlife, or they want butter, you know, plants that attract uh, uh, are attracted to butterflies, bees, and, and those things became more and more relevant as years have gone by now. But early on, somebody would come into the garden center and say, "Where are your native plants?" and most people couldn't really answer that question. Even the people that worked there, or if, you know, if, if you could, you'd have to take that customer by the hand and walk them around for an hour to two hours and say, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, maybe so, you know, and kind of go through a, a role of, you know, showing them what the native plants are, where they are, and they're just commingled in with everybody. They're mm-hmm. never, they weren't called out. Yeah. So, American beauties, the con- you know, the, this is all part of that concept, is to put a store within a store to, 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 to anybody can answer that question. Where are your native plants? Where are your butterfly plants? Mm-hmm. Where are, um, you know, I mean. Yeah, no. I, yeah. Whatever kind of question that's relative yeah. to native, native plants. Uh, and even the, it, I always say that, you know, Called bag boys, but the, the, you know, a young person that's just there loading cars. Yeah. Said, hey, under that banner over there, you know, there's some literature. There's a big sign that says native plants, and and hey, anything in those uh, the, those those branded pots with the nice tags with information. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's putting that package together and getting it into the store. Yeah, that would be, uh, I think yeah, that was, I was going to have a little question there and he kind of just answered most of it was why is our, our brands important getting no mark over the last couple of years, uh, through that, uh, the Eagle program that we all went through. Um, he, it, he does love brands <laughs> and it's, it's from a nursery where we don't do anything with brands. It's a little confusing why brands are so popular until I started to really explore them a little more. And see, oh yeah, it's the folks that don't know plants. That's their their big billboard. That hey, this is what I'm looking for, and um, and I think that's what American Beauties does for for native plants. Like you can say, instead of someone talking to someone that doesn't know plants, and you're trying to get them to speak natives, instead of saying go get that Lobelia cardinalis, you can say go to the garden center, look for American Beauties. You can't go wrong, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. it's important. And, and you know, and I had mentioned before we start it. Once we start talking, we'll start. Uh, you can't see it when I because of the oh, background, yeah. but I started scribbling like so much because you brought so many great points <clears throat> up, and I wanted to just backtrack before we go further because you, one of the great points is back in 1995 at North Creek, like I remember being at Connor Pyle, our biggest sellers were miscanthus, Japanese silvergrass, lithrum. We were still selling a lot of. If if you had only been native plants. I don't know that North Creek would be where they are today had that been that model at, at that point because there wasn't 
and, and that's wholesale. We're not talking about retail. There wasn't that same kind of awareness or market. It was on a different level. And you did create that market. That market didn't really exist back then, but it got people thinking about it. And in that perspective, I don't know if any of us in this native plant market exists the way we are today without what you did back then. And I think we all know that and realize that. That that kind of started that movement on a level that made it – you know, it's one thing to grow plants for – restoration those projects are happening through the government but just from a public awareness that's changed like where you have to go back in time it's not what it is today (laughs) so like even thinking back most most people don't know this the backstory there uh, on a lot of that and i think that's what you're trying to say yeah Yeah. and even like 1995 i don't think mount cuba was open to the public yet um no it was was not yeah so a lot of these venues that we think about didn't exist yet um Mm -hmm. There wasn't it, – it, it's not the buzzword that it is today. Actually, there's so many people that still think when they talk to us that we're a backyard nursery, you know, that yeah. it's uh, – there's a couple of hippies and we're – you know, and, and, I, and I wish I were exaggerating, but I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> no, he's not at all. There, there's still people that think we're just a small backyard nursery that we're not like a real nursery, but native mm-hmm. plant nurseries. And we just had a, a panel discussion for um, Bowman Cell Wap, uh Wildflower Preserves Land Ethics Symposium saying, yeah, we're – you know, what a native plant nursery is looks like what you consider a regular nursery to, <laughs> to look like. But um, I think looking back even to when the start of American Beauties was, you you did this so that people could get native plants and be successful because without that original success, maybe you don't have the fervor. And I don't know – like looking back, do you think had you started – American Beauties back then, and it had been all straight species native plants. Do you think it would have been as successful off the bat? No, no. I'll give you some backstory. I'm just going to wind back to what, where you were heading with North Creek, <clears throat> just to fill people in. Yeah, there, early on in our career, you know, we 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 saw the native plant movement unfolding, and it, a lot of it was going towards the. Uh, restoration type landscapes and we were in two two segments of the market where we were in horticulture and ecology and it's kind of like one of our uh bylines yeah or horticulture oh, yeah. Means ecology uh and that that's because of where we came from uh because you know we we kind of blended those two things and we were selling in, and we still are selling into both markets but uh dale and i uh we had to make some big decisions, you know, when you say you know, miscanthus or uh, uh, other plants that uh, we weren't ecologists, but, you know, when you, when you start to grow some some of these plants and they were part of the, the plant palette, and this goes back to uh, something called the uh, New American Garden that was prominent in the late 80s, early 90s that was brought about by um, the, the, it's a, it was the German natural plant movement. Uh, Omi Van Sweden, in, in, uh, who did a lot of work in D.C. on public buildings, really changed the the aesthetic a bit on 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 landscape. It started using grasses and uh, you know penicetums and, and then sedums and uh, rudbeckias, and uh, so there was a blend of native and non-native plants, but it evoked this native landscape. And so 
you know, North Creek had to evolve and we made some decisions to stop growing plants that we knew and were uh, becoming aware became invasive or, you know, not aggressive in the landscape or uh, problematic. So uh, it's just some backstory. And I, I, I still feel today that where horticulture meets ecology is relevant. Because let's be honest, we're never restoring back to European settlement. Mm-hmm. We no, we are. A, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that's a good segue into the with the, the actual question you asked. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, we're, uh, we're, when, we're when when we started the brand, um, we could have gone into you know uh, you know the the straight species and and uh, you know not not that we weren't growing and aren't growing straight species. It's just that. Um, who was our audience? What are what are we doing uh, to influence um, trends in landscaping and bring about a native plant movement? Uh, and we're selling to gardeners. We're not selling to rest, rest, restoration landscapes, and we're selling into disturbed environments. We're not selling, you know. Most people don't live in pristine, undisturbed environments that are working with restoration. They live in cities. They live in suburbs where, you know, topsoils have been stripped off. And the native plants and invasive species have kind of conquered a lot of that um, disturbed environment. And that's why I really talk about invasive species a lot because, you know, to to uh, suppress uh, and remove invasive species to reduce lawn which is not a native you know i mean but everybody has you know millions of acres of lawn so we want to influence people to be success and and have them be successful growing native plants and that includes native plant cultivars not in in american beauty's brand and and uh, north creek we don't call hybrids of natives i don't use the native word it really kind of upsets me that that word is coined and and used freely and still still kind of used freely um so you know native plant selections i like to call them and uh, you know uh, open pollinated spe- species and you know mix of both of those but we want gardeners to be successful we want to give them a gateway to this native plant movement so they understand and they can get butterflies in their yard and they can start to uh, work pollinators into the mix of plants. They can start to remove the plants that um, have no value. As Doug Tallamy often says, you know, you can put plastic plants out there because they're not contributing to the ecology of life. Uh, And so that was really the premise and it still is, but um, one of your other questions that you're you may want to ask and you probably will is like the trend. The trend as as more people become aware and and garden and and they learn more about natives, they're incorporating more and more open pollinated species into their landscapes. And American Beauties as a brand uh, is now able to bring more and more of those open pollinated species mm-hmm. and more. Uh, ecotypes, you know, in more locally grown uh, plants in because they're more accepting. They're more accepting of this aesthetic that 
uh, is really one of the, the things that has to be overcome for, for years and years. You know, the, the natural, more natural landscapes. Not everybody likes those. Not everyone is a gardener. You know, drive around your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know? There's the oddball that has, still has like a little wild garden out there. And, uh, you know, every most other people, you know, have uh, non-native plants, yew bushes and Japanese hollies or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Pick, pick your favorite, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. Contractor <laughs> package landscape. Yeah. It's been there for 30 or 40 years. Yep. When I, that insects don't eat. <laughs> yeah. I, I think about one of the, the things that Tom always says to be successful, it's easy to sell native plants to someone that knows native plants. You've already that's that's an easy sale. How do you get the guy that's sitting in a hammock in the backyard watching a football game drinking a beer to care? And I think you've done that. I think you talk, talk to his wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. you've and made I, it. Accessible. I'd even say, yeah, not even the care, just to have him in his yard and not care. Um, yeah. and that's what a lot of it was for me is because to reach that that homegrown national park goal that Doug Talmy throws out there, that's what you need. Is I look at my neighbors. I like to garden sometimes. Um, I see my neighbors across the street. They garden some, but. Driving down the street, there's very few people who are spending any time in their gardens outside of the two of us. Um, but those folks are going to have to have native plants in their yards to to have that homegrown national park. And just just by making them available, yeah. you've helped accomplish that. And by branding, they can learn more. They can say, "What is this American Beauty?" You, you know, you take the tag, you Google it, you look at the pot, and you Absolutely. find out a little bit more, and you learn the story and and their story on the tag, and it's. It, it's accomplished something, and now maybe that person that ten years ago bought a couple of those plants is now thinking, "What else can I do?" Oh, I've learned a little bit. Maybe if I try this, maybe if I try street speed. You know, we always talk about patience and kindness and acceptance, and I think you created something that allows for that person to be a part of it and learn and evolve. Right. Well, I'm going to go back to like. Something that we don't really uh, toot our own horn about a lot, but uh, something that we we could talk about or I can mention here because you brought up homegrown national park and when uh, that started to become conceptualized, I worked and I was like a founding member of the board there uh, and helped Doug and Michelle uh, figure out the market and work with them and uh, and bring bringing that. Uh, the concept uh, forward, and then they, they they've kind of taken it from there, and it's a it's a really great thing. So, but American Beauties contributes to that, you know, mm-hmm. financially. We, we we donate money to it, uh, we promote it when we can uh, through our social media. Uh, we work with uh, Pollinator Partnership, who's a great. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, we still you know work with National Wildlife. Uh, we've created a research uh, fund at the, the Horticultural Research Institute um, so that we can start funding native, more native plant research. We, we donate monies uh, to the Talamese Research at the University of Delaware. So one of the things uh, that was cool about American Beauties is that we have day jobs and, you know, um, and American Beauties was something that we started, but we didn't kind of think that, well, well this is like going to be uh, our, our livelihood per se. Mm. Um, so we could actually, and we knew, and we knew early on that it wasn't something that was going to be 
you know, some business plan that was going to just take the world by storm. You know, it's taken 20 years to get where we are today, and we're still in the early stage of this. And I think, you know, it's, it's great that the native plant movement has moved uh, so far forward since then. But to be instrumental in, in moving that forward uh, and, and understanding it, we knew that this was going to be not as much of a business as an education model. We have to be in it for the long term. Mm. It's not something that, you know, I mean, we started the brand and we hit, we hit the recession in 2007, 2008 through yeah. 2010. We had growers that were saying, well, we can't sell a brand and, you know, charge a little more money and, you know, afford to pay for the, because we you know we, we are paying. What American Beauties does is we get that information out in our website, on our tags, you know, it costs money to do that. So, yeah, there's a brand premium on that. But we're giving back. And um, but when Mark and I uh, looked at this model and we said, hey, you know, we're not going anywhere. We can wait. We solicited and, 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 and worked with growers throughout. You know, we, we tried to build some growers. Some growers were in and then they got out because, you know, the financial hardships of that that era and build it back again. And now, you know, we, we finally have some real good momentum here in the last few years uh, of expanding the market, um, you know, a good bit throughout the whole East coast. And now, you know, uh, uh, west of the Mississippi mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, yeah. So we're really looking to grow, grow it and just get more exposure in areas um, that, that don't have the brand, but we're not, we're realistic in, in our, uh, our, our goals, knowing that, you know, it's going to take a, a good bit of time and, you know, like we're going to educate like, people one plan at a time. I, well, I think you were a little bit ahead of your time too. You had to wait a little bit, I think, for the market to catch up uh, or to sure. or to be ready for it. And I think we're finally at that part point now where where we can do that. And I I think part of why it works it's because it's genuine. It's because I know that the people behind it have a love for this, and I think that shows through. I I know Tom and I talk about this. We you know, we're fortunate that we get to do this podcast and we've been doing it almost four years and we're fortunate because people want to listen to it, <laughs> you know, and it, and we do it because we love doing it. I know you can see that same kind of genuine feeling behind American beauties of why it's mm-hmm. there in the first place. And fortunately, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's good for business too, but that I think that's, you know, that's what makes it still exist but fortunately, you know, it's one of those happy, you know, you get to do it. And fortunately, it brings in money. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you know, but, but yeah, we're, 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 I think what I was trying to say is that, yeah, it brings in money, but and we're actually able now to employ people to, you know, do the research, um, write the copy, write the work, the website, um, speak to other growers, go out and, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm solicit uh, people to grow the the plant material, um, you know, look for, look for plants to, you know, uh, it it takes a lot. And And the bigger it gets, the more good you can do, which is, which is wonderful. So go, go on. Thanks for saying that. No problem. The, I, I think that gets lost sometimes, even with, with what we all do that, you know, it's, it's still a business. Like we still, have to be profitable and by doing that we can get bigger and do more good because Absolutely. that's what we all feel passionate about but um 
going back just a little bit, the original idea behind what was going to be in American Beauties, what was the thought process uh, behind kind of making those initial selections of this is what American Beauties is going to be? Well, I kind of alluded to that early on when we when we first started, you know, we, you know, Dale and I were growing plants and, you know, mostly in the perennials and grasses and ferns. Um, but woody plants make up a, um, a really important component. Trees um, do and tree, trees were slow, you know, to, to put into the brand because um, not all of the growers grew trees and then growing trees of an appropriate garden center size and uh, Fortunately, I think uh, we're right along with Doug Tallamy as he was kind of like uh, bringing uh, that awareness. Uh, and and uh, he did a lot for the program, you know, without maybe him even knowing it is just, you know, uh, nature's best hope and uh, uh, bring, bringing it forward with the, you know, the story of oaks and how important trees are and, you know, how they uh, are host plants for Lepidoptera. And uh, so they were all in parallel there as we worked forward. Um, But I talked a little bit early on with National Wildlife and um, trying to make that decision. Well, you know, who are we, who are we marketing to? How are we going to sell these plants? Uh, and one of the things that people maybe misunderstand, I think maybe this is maybe where you, you're, you're thinking of going, is that, um, you know, a native plant in in the northeast is maybe not going to be the same native plant that's in St. Louis. Um, but there is overlap. And uh, one of the things we learned um, as we've gone around the country and talked to growers and looked at, you know, uh, different markets, um, we're a little bit, it's a, it's a lot easier here in the East Coast um, from a native plant perspective and the way uh, ecology and plants evolved here, you know, there, there, there's, there are more like kind native plants. I mean, maybe, you know, if you get into the biodiversity and you can do, you know, seed selections for the North and South, but and use Acer rubrum as an example. I mean, you know, Acer rubrum is native from Florida to Maine, right? So um, that's a wide range. You know, probably native, native through a good bit. Schizocerium, uh, you know, the, the bluestone is native through a good bit of the country. So, um, but when you get to, uh, you know, a place like Arizona, <laughs> um, your plant power is very limited. Or you get even uh, more specifically, uh, we, we worked in Oregon for a while and, uh, it's hard to get a grower in Oregon because you're, I mean, you get a grower, but um, a, a lot of native plant nurseries are small and they're very niche. And it's because uh, they're working in microclimates. They're working with elevation. They're working with uh, one side of uh, uh, a rainforest that's on the on the coast. And then you go over um, the Cascades and you're, you know, in, in dry areas. And you also have the same thing in Colorado with uh, high plains and you know so you have different ecologies and and uh in the northeast and the mid mid atlantic and the midwest uh, it's a little more homogeneous with the plant material and uh, the lines are a little blurred so it's given us an opportunity to get more plants into the market and not to say that we you know we do our homework to to tell people where the plants are native to 
and put that information on the tag. And we have uh, the Bonat maps on the website. Mm-hmm. And so people can get the information if they really uh, care about it and, and want to really know, you know, drill down into that. Uh, but it, it'll be more challenging as we get to other uh, parts of the country. And we did have a grower uh, in Oregon for a while, and uh, it, it was uh, it were a consequence of the recession <laughs> that I, I alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll be challenged. But I think you know some of those examples that we'll have uh, instead of the larger nurseries that we're able to have in the east that can kind of um, uh, deliver, you know state lines we'll have probably smaller nurseries uh, that are selling American beauties in other other markets which is okay but we really look at nurseries that uh, focus uh, into retail um, at least initially um, but as uh, Mark has told me and uh, Tim Kane at, at Pride's Corner um, they're seeing about 40 percent of the plants that are in American beauties and branded going into landscape projects now yeah we, so there's yep. an evolution where the brand was originally slated to go into uh, retail and it was pretty much our focus. But as more plants have gotten out there and more uh, understanding and more uh, landscapes are calling for and more states are using and, and requiring native plants to be part of public projects, American Beauties is starting to transition into not just directed to retail. Uh, oriented and garden customers, but they're actually going into commercial landscapes or to restoration landscapes, you know, if, 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 if appropriate with a call it open pollinated species. We we've heard that from some of the American beauties growers that, Hey, this isn't just going to a garden center. These are going to jobs. And and that just shows that demand has grown and there's still a lack of material out there. Like, and they're looking for means and it's the right size. Stay tuned for more of the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. Welcome back to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. So American Beauties are mostly one-gallon containers. Am I correct? The perennials are, are typically yeah. one gallon to two gallon, but uh, the majority are one gallon. Yeah. Uh, and um, shrubs typically are two to threes. We have trees in three to fives. Uh, we don't really go much bigger than that. But um, I can tell you, like, uh, this corner has just seen that tree uh, expansion into the tree market really go because they're they're finding that um, consumers are can handle a, uh, planting a five, seven, maybe seven gallon, uh, you know, three, five and seven gallon tree and get a tree in there. And we're creating whole landscapes. You know, it's not just a perennial garden. You know, it, it's essential to have, uh, when you're working with pollinators and, and you're trying to attract pollinators, it's not just like, oh, let's, let's have a great uh, meadow garden. Mm-hmm. You want a garden that's, you know, starts out with, you know, uh, trees that are blooming early in the season and perennials that are providing nectar late in the season. And then all of the ecosystem services between that there, whether, you know, it's, it's a rain garden plant or it's a plant that uh, has other attributes like it's a larval food 
mm-hmm. source like you know everybody can you know look to Asclepius or 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 the oak species or you know um, you name it. There's quite a few. Um, and I, I think it was important that you mentioned about having growers across the country because these aren't all being produced in a factory in one spot and, and growing. No. And and those growers are – They were our intention. It was really to have a network of growers that were really specific to regions that grow specifically to those you – know, yeah. and have regionally appropriate native plants throughout the country. Yeah, they're not growing the whole line. They have flexibility to say these are the ones that are appropriate for the area that I'm in. Absolutely. Where, yeah. where they ship to. Which is wonderful. I, I, I think that's great. Um, and, and we've heard such good things from some of the growers, and, and it's nice to see the practices. And that's what I thought it would be a good segue to where – what's changed since inception and where we're going? Like American Beauties is a neonic-free program, correct? It is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was something that we had to insist upon um, and change – uh, and you know, really, in, I would say, influence growers to to get them to have an understanding that, um, you know, we are selling uh, life sustaining plants for insect life, you know, which is eventually becomes bird life, and we yep. cannot have our customers buying plants that are harmful to insects that may be eating those plants that you know provide a larval food source source to feed birds. Uh, so, um, you know, and, and, and the grow and many of the they're not just native plant growers. I mean, they're they're grow- and they're not maybe just perennial growers. They're 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 growers that are, are growing a host of different plant species and um, have a lot of challenges out there, as you, you guys know, you're growers. I mean, there's not, <laughs> there's a lot of things that want to eat plants. Oh yeah, <laughs> bad. But you know, really, to 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 make this program successful, we had to really look to change um, how plants were grown that were going to be sold into this program. And neo neonic and the toys is really kind of the uh, the, be- the beginning of that to get those off and out of, out of our specific niche. Do you know how many different plants you grow now compared to at, at the beginning or how many different species or how many different? Well, you know, a, a lot of times when a grower gets into the uh, to the market, they have um, – I'll start with a, a limited palette of, you know, maybe the top selling plants or the ones that they, you know, have, have the highest awareness in their market. Uh, and then as the program uh, – gets grounded and they can expand it and there's more demand for it, they, they will increase their uh, offerings. Uh, I'll go back to Pride's Corner because they're the initial grower and, you know, started the, the, the program. Uh, they're, they're well over 200 different species. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well over, um, maybe 300. I don't know exactly, but, but then you start adding that up and then you have overlap, you know, well, like a Willoway nursery in Ohio might be growing, you know, some of those plants, but then they have some regional things that are Midwest and Midwest brown covers out in Chicago land doesn't grow all the, so they, they, you know, so it might be four, 400. Yeah. I, I didn't come prepared for that answer. But yeah. <laughs> I, well, yeah, sorry. It's a lot and it's grown from a very, very, uh, a limited palette to an expanding palette, you know, uh, we had a grower in Arizona uh, for many years, and uh, you know, so we were, we were growing cactus and agaves, and you know, different things that were, you know, and actually, you know, we still have the list, and we'll continue to 
work with growers in different parts of the country. We have a grower in St. Louis now, so that you know that they're 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 going to be looking at more uh, uh, prairie prairie species. Is there a specific market that you've seen an uptick with awareness? Like I would imagine that the Northeast and the Mid Atlantic are probably the biggest hotspots for yeah, the. Yeah, we're, we're seeing um, certainly uh, uh, Riverbend Nursery just came along, and they're 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 pushing the program down into uh, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, and you know, you know pop- population centers typically because you know there's this where people uh, live, uh, but. Um, Chicagoland is is a big area, and you know there, there, there's awareness out there. Um, yeah, I, I, I would say you know I'll throw Cincinnati out there. You know, I mean, there's, there's a big movement in Cincinnati, you know, for native plants, and and uh, but a, a lot has to do with our relationship with the uh, Cincinnati Zoo, and and it it's aligning ourselves. You know, North Creek has done it over the years. American Beauties is is getting you know. Getting out there, uh, getting awareness, working with people that um, are influencers in different markets to, mm-hmm. to understand this native plant movement and kind of can help us co-promote the brand. Yeah, that was um, one of the things that I, I just had a discussion with somebody the other day um, about like plant markets in particular. And uh, yeah, so much of their point was, yeah, sometimes it's just, you you find the right person in a different area, and all of a sudden, that's a hot zone for you, and you're going to have all kinds of business in the area because they're going to tell their friends, and then their friends they tell their friends, and as long as they're they're happy with your product, then then you have a whole new uh, growing market. So that's that's interesting here. You're saying you you link up with these influencers in that area, and you're yeah, and I, I can bring that down to the local level because when we start to talk to growers about, well, you know, they might be tempted about, you know, I don't know if I can sell this stuff we haven't really sold a lot of natives I mean, even though they're selling natives they're just not branded you know um and i'll say well you know if you go to a garden center there's always a person at any garden center they might not be the owner of the garden center but there is an, an enthusiast at that garden center you got to find that enthusiast mm-hmm. and you, yeah. you come in and and uh, talk to the owner and say hey you have somebody that really uh is a burger mm-hmm. there's always a burger you know yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. um and that's the hook, you know, you got to get somebody that really understands and, and more and more, there's more people that are aware of native plants that work at garden centers. But early on, it was trying to find, you know, and, and convince a grower, hey, who, who in your organization really you know, aligns here? Um, and oftentimes the business owner is not that person. It's somebody that's working for them, that's passionate about plants, passionate about native plants, passionate about bird plant, planting for wildlife. Um you know, restoration or whatever. And that's how you get into the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you expand the market is finding, you know, people and, and you guys know you go to a lot of conferences and you can see, you know, from a horticultural sense uh, and from local nature societies and, and such, you know, there's a movement of front and, you know, <laughs> we're all happy to be on the forefront of that movement. And uh, I'm very fortunate that it's, you know, happened in my lifetime <laughs> Because it did take a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking that early on, and when you're describing this and saying, "Oh, 2004, 2006," and um, I'm like, "Man, it's uh, it does take a while sometimes." And I I made a joke the other day. I'm it is true in in as well. But I was giving a presentation, and um, I said, "Well, yeah, thank God my parents decided to start a 
native plant nursery for 40 years ago because we're in great shape right now. We're in, we're in perfect position to, to like do so much good stuff, but yeah, to start I, now, I, I, we'd be I say, way too I late. I the same thing. It's like, you know, you know, I, I wish, I wish your age. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think back, I started here in 2007 and I can't remember how many countless times I had the phone call where I was explaining to, to someone what a ring garden was. And, I mean, I think for the most part, a lot of that's pretty common knowledge now. But back then, it was I, that was our first poster that we did to try to help educate what a what a ring garden was and why you should want one or or, or use one and and the importance of it. So it's 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 definitely changed a lot, and I kind of feel like a little like it's almost like goosebumps like right now, like where we're at and where we're headed, like over the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a good segue just to talk about what the future of American Beauties is. What do you see in the next five to ten years of what what American Beauties will be and, and where it's going? Well, I probably touched on it a bit. I think the, the, the movements of front, uh, it's great to be in this. Uh, we're actually seeing uh, where we had, didn't have, I would call a competition. I mean, there are people selling plants, for sure, but, you know, uh, other growers are, you know, uh, starting to do more uh, branding, and they're going to be in the marketplace. And, and and I, I think competition is good because yeah. it raised, you know, it it's the, it's the high tide that's raising all the ships. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel threatened. Uh, well, in North Creek, you know, on the other side of my life, um, you know, that that's great for us as a liner producer too. But uh, for American Beauties, it's really uh, expanding the market. Uh, raising awareness, um, continuing to market ourselves. Um, I talked early on about how the markets changed a bit. Um, I gave a talk up at uh, Rhode Island to the uh, Rhode Island Wild Plant Society. And, you know, their their members are really looking for uh, more open, open pollinated species, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not always easy. And as plant propagators, you know, not everything propagates well commercially for restoration or for, you know, to, to get the quantities we need into the marketplace as an open pollinated thing. So, you know, trying to get uh, an understanding and to get people, you know, that aren't plant propagators or don't really understand that side of it to understand that, you know, we do the best we can. If we can grow it from seed and it's, you know, good garden variety, we will. But I think there's a movement in front for sure. Uh, that's a good point, and that's very difficult. In, in the bio, you know, to, to increase biodiversity and have more plants, mm-hmm. and we're seeing a trend uh, at North Creek and at uh, American Beauties to get more uh, open pollinated species into the program, and, and people actually asking for that more at retail and looking towards it because they're uh, becoming a more sophisticated gardener, and that kind of is what we wanted to. It's where we wanted to go when we started. We might not have known it then. Yeah, well, Fran. Before you go here, yeah, yeah. you did touch on one thing, and I was I was going to ask it, and you already half answered it. But um, with that idea of competition in the brand space, because um, we are seeing some more native plant specific brands coming out now, and uh, and I always thought I actually I talked with one of your sales reps probably like five years ago now saying like 
do you think competition in that space would actually boost overall native plant sales? How there's like all the proven winner stuff and uh, first editions and endless summer. And like you go into the garden centers, all the colored pots are basically the different brands, whatever it says on is the brand. But it's like, if you had competing native plant brands, like would it actually boost the entire market? Cause now there's just, there's not one, there's multiple. Um, but it kind of sounds like you think that that kind of is the case. It is the case. And, um, you know, even when we uh, have growers now that are servicing the same markets, you know, I mean, they're, they're, we have more growers that are overlapping into the same sales areas. Well, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm a garden center owner, too. I'll put that hat on, you know, for a moment and say, well, uh, because we can buy plants that are maybe coming from a little further north or a little further south or a little further west, we can buy maybe the same plant offered to the customer in color uh, that that's, you know, or, or even in, in leaf uh, uh, at a different, you know, mm-hmm. it extends yeah. our selling season and it, you know, gets um, refreshes our benches at retail. So, you know, we are this is talking from the retail perspective, uh, but it really helps the, Um, Not every grower is going to have, they're going to be sold out of something. And if if a retailer has a demand for winterberry hollies and then, you know, one grower is out of them, now they have, and and American beauties, they can go to two or three sources that are fairly local now. And I think that's the idea is that there's more, there'll be more local nurseries that have the brands, um, you know, and whether it's an American beauties brand or another brand, um, I think just that some people, that maybe aren't necessarily plant people, but they walk in and they, you know, were accustomed to seeing proven winners everywhere. Uh, now they're seeing native plant brands. They're going to say, hey, there must be something to this. Why, you know, and a lot of people get it. You know, they say, oh, if it's a native plant, that must be mean it, it, it really, you know, it, it survives better in my area. I mean, it's, it, it, it's kind of a no brainer, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so I think that's all good for us, you know, good, good, good for growers, good for ecology, uh, good for the marketplace. I agree. I, do you, I mean, if you think about it, do you think Coke would have sold as much cola had it not been for Pepsi? You know, yeah, I, you I don't know because you have yeah. the two of them competing for market share, both pumping marketing dollars in there just to promote cola. And without one, does the other one ever have the same amount of success? I don't know. It's like there's a lot. Do you ever notice that when you're driving down the street and you see like a fast food chain, uh, and then all of a sudden there's like two more that pop up, like yeah, you know, yeah. next to them. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason for that. Ex- yep. Exactly. <laughs> does Does Larry Bird become the legend without Magic Johnson? I don't know. You know, it's it's all those <laughs> things. And I I think about Tom's father Don saying how he used to worry early at trade shows. He's like, you know, there was a time where I'd go and I'd be. There'd be three native plant growers, and then the next year there'd be six, and I'd worry maybe this is the end for us. But I, since I've been here, our competition's tripled, and we still can't, as a whole, supply the demand that's out there. Right, and, fortunate there. Yeah, and it's if you if you want to see someone give up, just uh, the first thing you have to do is lack of availability. <laughs> if if you want someone to to give up their search. If they've searched five or six places and they can't get it, they're eventually just going to buy whatever it is they can find. And right. and I think just the, it, the market's not close to being oversaturated. Now, mm-hmm. will we see that point one day? It's it's possible, uh, you know. But 
we're not there. And I, I think this movement's only growing with, with the uh, education that's involved with invasives and everything else. I think, I think uh, if we can just work together <laughs> to, you know, the, one of the things I was going to mention when you mentioned open pollinated as a, as an industry, we can't decide what's native. We can't decide what's local provenance, what's, the mm-hmm. correct eco region, what's open pollinated, you know, it's is it a mile radius? Is it how far can these plants be from each other? It's that's the only the only ones I think standing in the way are ourselves. <laughs> if, we, if we can, well, we, you have climate change that's going to influence things. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of uh, um, external factors that we don't really don't know. I mean, it, it's it, it's evolution, right? I mean, we're we we're seeing the markets evolve. We're seeing plants evolve. There's certainly pressures. I mean, I know there's a lot of concern in the uh, native plant movement, the ecology movement of like, you know, um, dilution of species so that, Mm -hmm. you know, we can go into a lot of different crazy, uh, not not crazy, but uh, uh, tangents here, you know, to discuss, but I'm not an expert. I mean, I just, you know, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm happy that the native plant movement is um, robust and we've been able to kind of get more people to uh, learn and understand the market um, that weren't planting natives many, many years ago. And that you know, goes back to where we started with American Beauties is to raise awareness here because uh, there wasn't an awareness back when we started. Do you, do you know – and I know – I. I just thought of this, and you're not prepared for this. Do you know since its inception how many American Beauties plants have been sold? Plants? Yeah, just total plants. No, I don't have the all right. The I twenty gonna... number. But, <laughs> well, I it, it doesn't really put it anywhere near in perspective. But you were talking about uh, how you don't like tooting your own horn about the, all the donations that you've made. But I recall seeing an article uh, a handful of years ago about some of the donations you've made to. Talmy's work and all that, and it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, which means that you've had uh, lots, it, it, lots and lots it, of plans help pay for that. Dollars that we've donated, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's and probably over a million, you know, a million, yeah, over a million. Supply, I don't know how many. You know, yeah. it's over a million plants, but I don't yeah. know how, how, how yeah. many. You know, um, can we get you build like a big A B sign like McDonald's? Yeah. Like with it, we'll start <laughs> clicking off how many. <laughs> yeah, but I I think that kind of puts in perspective that it's not a, a small amount of plants that have gone out the door and it's helped improve people's yeah. gardens. Um, and no, by it's replacing not, it's not a small amount of plants at this point, it's probably yeah. like uh, if I actually had to hear that number and we actually did that, I'd be kind of like you know pleasantly surprised. Yeah, but it, it would. Uh, it would be a lot. I mean, it would be, you know, like I said, over, you know, it's done a lot of good. Millions. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, it's put native plants in the hands of a lot of people that maybe would have never had that opportunity. Yeah. And it's done a Absolutely. lot of good. And, and the thing that, that differentiates us too, uh, as a, as a true brand, uh, is the way I like, you know, look at brand, uh, we're a brand of native plants. We're not a brand of a specific plant mm-hmm. that, is kind of like fashionable today. And I'll tell you that next year we'll have a new, I'll use hydrangeas because I can pick on those. <laughs> yeah. Kind of out there. But, you know, I'll convince you that our hydrangea is the best hydrangea that's ever been bred and made and it blooms for the longest and has, you know, whatever attributes it has. 
And then within a couple of years, I'm going to tell you, well, this new one's better because you got to buy that one. The difference with American Beauties is that, you know, these are plants that are really important and you need to differ. You need different plants. You don't necessarily need more of the same thing. You need biodiversity, right? So we need to get more plants. We need to expand the plant palette of offerings for all the different soil types and all the different mm-hmm. um, uh, sun or shade or, you know, wet or dry or uh, windswept or, you know, whatever, you know, rocky crevices or, uh, you know, loamy soil. I mean, they're, they're, they're sky's the limit on, you yeah. know, all the different uh, places that uh, differentiate where the different plants will thrive. And and they click all the boxes. Are they are they helping the wildlife check? Are they helping pollinators check? Is it a lifestyle plant check? Maybe. You know, stabilization. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's clicking all those boxes. And I wanted I, we didn't really say this for where are American beauties found if you wanted to buy them? Are they are they strictly independent garden centers? Are they found in chain stores? Where? No, they're they're all in independent garden okay. centers. Okay. Um, they're not in true chain large box retailers, um, and we kind of made that decision to differentiate uh, the brand uh, so that um, the independent garden centers typically have people that are selling and they're knowledgeable, and um, we really. I went back to you know, where we started. It's a program of education. You know, we have to educate consumers and it's just not a pretty plant in the pot. I mean, it could be a very pretty plant in the pot and take that back. But um, that's one of the boxes it checks. Is it, is it beautiful? Yes. It checks, but yeah, you know, Hey, it's for soil stabilization where it takes wet feet or, you know, have whatever the characteristic it is. Um, but when somebody comes in and they have a, uh, need a solution for their landscapes, you know, there's a lot of boxes these uh, native plants check. And that's one of the reasons we really focused on independent garden centers and to give independent garden centers an edge on, um, you know, I've seen native plant programs in uh, some box stores that are not American beauties. They languish there because the selection is not correct. The employees really don't know what they are or how to sell them. The consumer is not really educated. There's not a lot of information. So working with independents, um, there are some uh, of the wholesale growers that are uh, looking at uh, or are selling into uh, retail mail order. But, you know, our focus is really the the retailer and the re-wholesaler and the the wholesale market now, you know, the growers that we, we work with. It's funny. It's funny because if you talk to chain stores or nurseries that sell into chain stores, I shouldn't say if you talk to chain stores. If you talk to nurseries that sell into chain stores, and you mention natives, they're quick to say it won't work. <laughs> they're yeah. like that. That's not going to work. Yeah, it, it's very difficult for them to, to make it work. Um, but garden centers, uh, they move more product, and they move more product through, and they. Um, work on displays more and uh you know, that, that, that's a little bit you know, it, as, as i heard when i was really young uh and not really understanding retail but you know um retail is detail and if you 
want to sell product at retail, you have to have the detail. You know, you have to kind of know what you're doing and 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 give plants their prominence. And like I said, with the American Beauties brand, it, it really uh, is nice. We do displays. Um, we we incentivize some of the garden centers that want to participate to 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 have programs to do bench bench uh, displays. They take photographs, and we work with the salespeople for those nurseries to kind of. Uh, make sure that those things look good at retail because we want consumers to say, hey, I didn't know native plants were really that sexy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. And it, as long as they pick that plant up, that's that's what it's all about. Absolutely. So, exactly. So, Tom, before I change the subject, do you have any other questions? You're good, friend. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it goes without saying that you're an inspiration to both Tom and I and a lot of other people – in the industry that that we deal with all the time and, and we thank you for everything that you've done who yeah, ins- you. oh no problem we we've we've had this conversation a, a bunch of times with a lot of people over the last couple of months actually who inspires you what are your your current inspirations for for doing this uh, well you know I'll, I'll start with the person i mentioned is doug tallamy um you know doug um Doug will refer to me as the business guy. <laughs> and that's when he pushed me, you know, into the homegrown national park because I, I glaze over at business. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of the researchers, uh, people that are prominent in promoting the native plant, I, you know, like, uh, a guy, uh, you know, promotes all plants like, you know, um, saw him recently, Steve Foltz at the Cincinnati zoo, you know, he's out there, interfacing with the public um and just raising the level of gardening you know my old uh my former professor dr lighty at the uh now cuba center when he was there as the first director to bring it public uh you know i mean i I just know so many great plants people that have inspired me it's just kind of hard to list everyone um a guy that wasn't in the native plant movement at the time but you know dr apps i mean just people that uh nurtured you into uh understanding plants and how plants grow and you know my my, my partner dale mark salu i mean there you know there's a, a lot of people that i can i can point out and if you ha- you've had a lot of fantastic people come through your organization as well i don't people that work for me yeah my, my general manager tim gindy i mean you know mm, he, i worked with him yeah An- angela you guys know yeah. real oh, yeah. well uh, you know does a fantastic job uh, selling uh, and works with all, all our growers and, you know, represents North Creek to the growers and does a fantastic mm-hmm. job explaining the, the plants because a lot of times the growers need help. Uh, they haven't grown this specific plant. How does it grow? So we, we, we as North Creek try to help the growers be successful and, uh, and you know, we have to learn a lot. That's why I go, go to, to the researchers, you know, the people <laughs> that actually are, are doing, putting some of the mm-hmm. science and and Claudia West was an employee of yours. Claudia in West, yeah, yeah. what an inspiration! I saw her here in New York when we were there a couple yep. of days ago. Claudia, Claudia has been um, just amazing for the the the, the movement of, of plants and native plants and uh, ecological landscapes. That's sure. speaking of inspiration. The first time I saw he, her Pete, speak, Pete Aldoff, I mean, oh, yeah. you know, even though it's not a native plant guy, but what he's done for. Uh, you know, uh, inspiring people and uh, how many you know millions of people visit the High Line every year? You know, a couple million people. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're getting exposed to to plants 
And then, you know, when they dig down, oh, that's a native plant. I didn't know that was a native plant, you know, and that's a great thing. Yeah. Tom just brought back a pamphlet from the Highline where it, it highlights, it, what's it, keep it wild, and it highlights all the native right. plants that they have on the Highline and where you can right. find them. And yeah. that's fantastic, like fantastic just to bring it to people's attention. Like, hey, these things are here. Make sure you stop, take a look, find some inspiration. And it's it's all about finding inspiration. I was going to say the first time I, I heard Claudia speak was while she was working for North Creek Nurseries, and it was just setting that tone of what it could be. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it could be anything your heart desires, and it's – think about it in a different way. And I, I feel that you've promoted that throughout the story, and it's we, – mm-hmm. we all can't thank you enough. Thanks. Yeah, yeah it's been uh... – been a good thing. It's, it's great to see this. Uh, this evolve. I, I know you know you're mentioning Claudia. I know she she spoke often about uh, why plants are really important, and you know all plants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I agree. But now it comes to the most uncomfortable <laughs> question. <Yeah. laughs> the, um, the the worst question of them all. And I know we had this conversation beforehand, and you've actually answered this question before. I should have gone back to look to see what your answer was. And we always give it with the ca- the caveat. It's the, it's the shortest question but the most difficult, and it's what is your na- favorite native plant? Now, we won't hold you to one, and we won't hold you that that answer is forever. It can uh, <laughs> it can be. I understand. And actually, thanks for giving me like a, a little heads up on this because <laughs> like, you know, I, I told you I hate I, I really. <laughs> Anybody ask this question, I'm like, oh, not that question. Um, but uh, I thought of a few relative things, and uh, I just want to say that you know, it's it's it, it might be what's now in that, uh, but the importance I think in answering that question, and I alluded to it in in conversation, is to make sure that uh, with native plants that you're having a complete palette of plants throughout the the calendar year, especially when you're thinking through wildlife and, and thinking of wildlife, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, and I want to name a few plants right. and not many, but um, I just, you know, oaks and white oaks and uh, oaks are just really super important. I'll, you know, uh, uh, ride. Dr. Talamy's uh, coattails on that, and uh, uh, but early early blooming trees, uh, and then the evolution. I mean, I, I uh, put down Pacbraria as one of my favorite plants because it holds the ground. It's evergreen in the wintertime. In my front yard, I have a display of you know supposed to be more of like you know a, or Pacbraria needs specifically for a little wetter environments, but I. Have it growing in some dry ground, and it just makes a carpet of yellow flowers in the this, this, uh, in April. You know, it's just great. Um, and Pycnanthemum uticum probably is that plant right now. That um, yeah. if you had to pick one plant that was like the pollinator magnet of the summertime, it would be that plant and silver foliage and, you know, beautiful bracts and, you know, it's, it's not the showiest flower, but if you put a bunch of pollinators on top of that, man, it's not a show. <laughs> it's one of the nicest things. And I, I'll just mention two other things I really like. I like uh, 
uh, the native sumacs and the sassafras being one of my favorite trees. So, you know, for fall color and stuff. And then uh, to wrap it up, it's always like I mentioned earlier, like there's a whole host of asters out there. And uh, I know they have changed their botanic yeah. name, but group them in as asters. And uh, there's asters for shade and dry shade and for sun and for su- different sizes and different colors and textures. And what I do like about uh, like Aster divaricatus, I mean, the, the, the winter interest, I mean, the, the, the seed, you know, the, the plant, the stature of the plant, it's, it, it holds up through the winter. It looks great in the snow. So didn't answer your question, but I. No, I love that you, <laughs> oh, you yeah. covered each season, actually. That, that was great. And I, I, I couldn't agree more with you on all of those. They're all fantastic plants with wonderful merits that could, yeah. that could be in anyone's garden and they would be <laughs> successful and happy. So that is wonderful. The, yeah. The we're at the point where we always end it the same way, and we do final thoughts, and we we let you start off, and and this is a time where we hand the the, the microphone over to you, the floor over to you. You can use the time however you want. You can summarize, promote something, mention something we missed, but the floor is yours, and Tom and I will take a, a turn after you're done. Well, I think I've said a lot, and I don't want to you know kind of reiterate what I've kind of said uh, already, but. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you two for uh, hosting this platform. It, it, it's just been fantastic knowing what you've done, uh, being part of it a couple of times, uh, all the different people you've had on the program. So I think you're doing a tremendous service. Thank um, you. Not just for the industry, for the public, for for your, you know, thousands, I probably would imagine, um, mm. um, listeners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, know, I don't know how many thousands. It's kind of like you asking me how many. Yeah. We, actually, I, we, we uh, are actually. How many plants I've sold. I, I no yeah. I'll, I'll throw the stat out there. We are close to like 20,000 downloads a month. There you for, go. For yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, yeah. I, I just. Uh, thanks for shining a light on uh, the importance of native plants and, uh, bring the, you know, get, actually, you know, helping bring the story of, you know, American beauties, which is maybe a little bit misunderstood sometimes of like, what, why would they brand a native plant? And what, what was the purpose of that? And why would you do something like that? It's a native plant. You know, we should know better. You know, people should know, <laughs> people don't know. And, uh, I think one of the reasons that we were out there promoting this is the, to just raise awareness and, uh, you know, we all, you know, all, all of us plant enthusiasts, uh, native plant enthusiasts, really, you know, that that's what we do. And we, we want more people to embrace it. Um, we have to uh, talk about the biodiversity crisis in our world, but we have, we don't want to scare people. We want them to have um, uh, empower them. I think that's really what I want to say, what we're doing what you guys are doing, what your listeners are doing should be empowering the general public, the uninitiated, the initiated, anybody that um, uh, can gain a better understanding of why native plants um, are so important in increasing biodiversity and bringing life to your garden. Awesome. Yeah. That's a wonderful thought. I, I love that. Tom, you want to go or you want me to go? Yeah, no, I can go. Um, Basically, yeah, my my big uh, final thought here is that it, one of my things that I always hated seeing, and I brought this up earlier, is uh, a lot of people trying to be helpful 
uh, on Facebook groups, but they don't have all the information correct. And um, and that goes as far as saying, uh, oh, if it's a, a well, it's okay to correct someone. Oh, that's not a native plant. This is a native plant. But when it goes down to like really hard, going hard on critiques of some of the the cultivars of native plants, and saying, oh, they're genetically mutated and bred and all this stuff, that's probably more often than not not the case, uh, specifically with native plants. Yeah. But um, and there's so many of these open pollinated cultivars that are out there that American Beauties has many of them, and while it may not be the perfect plant for you, that's a great option for many, many other people, um, especially when they're just getting their toe or dipping their toes in the native plants and going to the garden center and say, I want to get more butterflies in my yard. And I'd rather them, the person at the garden center point them to the American beauties display than the butterfly bush or, or something like that. So this is a great introduction for that gardener who's getting into it and, uh, and a great option for a lot of people. You can get, Seed grown native plants through American Beauties. It's um, just because it's in that colorful pot doesn't devalue it to be if you're a native plant purist. So. Fantastic thought, Tom. Thank yeah. you for, for bringing those points up. I just wanted to say overall that this is you – know, we're, we're telling the story of native plants just over the last couple decades. But in order to know where we're going, you, you have to understand where we've come from. Mm-hmm. And it's learning the whole story. And we've come a long way. And a lot of – to get to where we're at now was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of education. It was a lot of fights. It was a lot of loss. <laughs> it was a lot of – you know, there were a lot of years where it, it wasn't stylish to grow native plants and it wasn't easy to to make sure that, that you were growing and, and taking care of your employees. And it's – we're fortunate where we're at a place where we can all do a lot of good and we do that together. This is a community and we all respect each other and we, we look to each other for advice and help and, and, and we do that all the time. And it's I, I couldn't be more proud of an organization and I know I'll bring this up. When we were in Chicago in October, uh, we heard the CEO of a company say he was formerly of M&M Mars and if he was walking down the street and saw the – the CEO of Nestle, he would have crossed the street and grumbled obscenities over, under his breath. You know, we can embrace each other and have dinner in our industry, and and I love that. And we're all there for each other, and you – the same way our listeners can be there for people that are just learning about native plants or, or starting the journey. And we need to be helpful and lift everyone up and help them along. So it took a lot of work by a lot of people to where we are today. <laughs> so that's where we're at and we're moving forward and it's a very bright future. That's my final thought. Yeah, cool. Cool. So, well, that's going to wrap us up for today. Thank you very much for joining us and listening to uh, native plants, healthy planet presented by Pylons nursery. Uh, if you want to learn more about American beauties, native plants, they have a fantastic website with yes. all the different plants that are uh, provided by their growers. Uh, they have a map that you can go on and find garden centers in your area. It's not applicable to everyone in the country, but um, if you're in the Northeast and Midwest, you have I, – I was glancing at it while we were talking, and there are a ton of options. Um, I can't guarantee you're going to be able to find exactly what you want at any of those options, but you'll have a good good head start versus uh, just 
popping in and, and hoping that something is there yeah. for you. So, and, uh, and definitely looking more into North Creek nurseries as well. They're really, I would say, if not one of the leaders, the leader, not the leader, one of the leaders, I said that backwards, didn't I? In, um, in this native plant movement from a, a grower perspective. And, uh, really glad Steve, we're able to, to call you a, a friend and a mentor of ours as well. So, um, thank you guys. So, uh, Big thank you to the Egocentric Plastic Men for contributing our theme music. Make sure you stream or buy their music wherever you consume music. Thanks to Dave Bennett for our native plant anthem. You can follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery, Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ, Instagram at Native Plants underscore Healthy Planet, and also YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. Don't forget we have the question and comment line. You can call us at 215-346-6189. I will repeat that, 215-346-6189. Ask a question or leave a comment. We'll do our best to play it on a future episode of The Buzz. And thank you to all the new members of the Native uh, Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. It's been growing leaps and bounds. Yeah, so you can buy Native Plants Healthy Planet merch um, at our website, www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. There's T-shirts. There's well, we got to put the stickers on there as yeah. well. There's a way to do it. I just haven't figured that out yeah. yet. Um, there's all kinds of aprons, phone cases, and, uh, and that's our – way of humbly donating some some money to some of these organizations uh we don't keep any of the profits from that we just take it put it in our paypal account when it reaches a number that we're comfortable giving out then we we send it to someone uh who's doing some or an organization we feel is doing really good boots on the ground work with native plants where a couple hundred dollars will go a long way so um and then you can listen to our podcast wherever you're listening right now whether it's Apple podcast spotify uh iheart radio uh podbean, podbean. Any of those platforms, and if you can, do us a favor, hit subscribe, leave a review, five stars, please. If you do a little write-up with that review, I give you a, a big shout-out on our Buzz episodes. And i got to tell you, outside of the reviews, I have a really long list for our next yeah. Buzz episode. So uh, <laughs> if, if you don't like all the, the shout-outs, maybe get you ready to hit your skip button yeah. for uh, at least ten times. Yeah. So <laughs> with that, everyone, thank you again. I'm Tom. And I am Fran. Thanks again, everyone. Steve, again, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Uh, coming up next week, we have a new episode of The Buzz, so make sure you tune in. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.